Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour number two on a Wednesday. Hope you're having a good one. By the way, thank you to those listeners that sent me a breakdown of the Army-Navy uniforms. I haven't looked at those for this year. We'll do a full, I'll do a full look on that. We'll do that in the crap bag tomorrow at 1245. I can't just do a quick review of Army-Navy. Come on. I know how much work they put into that. I got to take a good long look there. Uh, we got a lot of football on the board. The new CFP rankings from last night. And yes, those Texas players yesterday that announced that they will be heading into the portal. We'll get into that, get into the end of the regular season and more with Justin Wells coming up. Also want to remind you, you get a World Cup report with Glenn Davis. Those are brought to you by Daspit Law Austin. That's coming up here about 120-125 this hour, recapping the U.S.'s big win over Iran and uh, the matchup coming up with the Netherlands. All right, uh, let's get to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. He is Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Justin, how are you, man? How was Thanksgiving? Hey, now, you know what? It was a pretty decent turkey day. Uh, the boys handled business on Thursday, the horns handled business on Friday. And uh, Saturday was a, a lot of fun with family and, and, and getting to watch college football without having a um, uh, any stake in, in the game. And so uh, we, we enjoyed it. The weather was a little warmer than I was expecting. But you know what? That's East Texas, so I shouldn't have been fooled. But uh, it, it was it was nice up here, guys. A lot different than the weekend before. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I'm glad you brought up both teams. I know you care about both teams and, and follow them. And I thought there were a lot of similarities. Both teams, I would argue, won a kind of game where they kind of set themselves up to lose in an old way, but they ended up winning in a new way. Would you agree? Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. We, we've seen how well the offense has started this season, started the games, first half, the drive game plan, the game script has all been great. It's just been uh, a hard time in the second half. It, it, it's been a less of an execution. We saw the polar opposite on Friday in, in Austin. Baylor, it felt like, had the ball the entire, entire first half. Texas just couldn't get out in front of itself. And then you, you saw Quinn having a few top problems with the pass rush. It seemed like he was about a second behind a few guys trying to, to get the ball off. And then all of a sudden, Sark said, you know what? Screw the dumb stuff. Let's just go with what we know. And in the fourth quarter, I don't remember anyone outside of, I think Worthy caught a screen pass. And then it was the Bijan Robinson and Rashawn Johnson show from then on out. And for two guys that are, you know, going out in style and DKR, I don't think there was a better way to, to not only finish a game, but to win a game against a strong Baylor team. You know, Jay Wells, what you what you just said stuck with me a little bit. Go with what you know. And it's frustrating as a Texas fan and covering this team. You're like, 
Okay, Steve Sarkeesian, why did it take you these last two games to figure out that number five is going to take you to the promised land and get you where you need to be? Instead, you had the Oklahoma State game or you had the TCU game where Bijan only got 12 carries. And yes, I said eight and four before the season, but now it just leaves, you know, you left food on the table. Thanksgiving gone, you know, coming gone last week, they left food on the table, it seems like, and didn't get the most out of guys like Bijan Robinson. I, I wouldn't say they didn't get the most out of those guys. Bijan Robinson is le- leaving the school as what the fourth leading rusher in the history of the program. I-, I think they got a lot out of him. What they didn't get was what they thought they could. They thought they could do more. I think he could look at it now and say, eight and four was probably a little under the radar. Eight and four was probably a little slight on these guys. If a few things go a few ways, every game was lost by one possession. If a few plays go a few ways, this might be a 9-3, and 10-2 and team, team, essentially, especially if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt against Alabama. And so I, I don't know if you can necessarily say left it on the table, but I guarantee, I, I'm with you guys. They, I think there were games they asked Sark, you know, the, out of the three or four losses they'd had, you know, which ones to really set on you, and he's like, all of them. And, and he, he remarked about how they forgot to, to get back to running the ball in the second half against, against uh, an Oklahoma State, against the Texas Tech guys like that. And he wishes he could go back and do that. And, and that's always twenty twenty, and that's always hindsight. But, yeah, it took him the whole season to realize your closers are your two tailbacks. You run duo back and forth, you, you, you're going to do well. You, put the, you, put, you always want to put the ball in those guys' hands. Those are the playmakers. You can draw up all you want. You can watch video and look for tendencies all you want. At the end of the day, the players make the plays. Put the ball in the hands of the guy that's going to go in the first round next year. Put the ball in the hands of the guy that's going to probably go in the third round as well and just watch and go. And that's exactly what they did. I'm with you. I think they did leave a little bit on the table, but I really do feel like they got so much out of Bijan and Rashawn, especially Bijan. I mean, this guy is leaving – and I can't wait to see the number of awards and honors this guy racks up. Talking with Justin Wells inside Texas. Justin, he also got asked about the, some of the positives and negatives of the year. He talked about things that needed to get better, started with the passing game and kind of moved through some other issues. Do you feel like when he talked about those second halves against Oklahoma State and, of course, against Texas Tech, he you know, wanted to be able to run the ball more, do you feel like the lessons have been learned by Steve Sarkeesian and he'll be able – to lean on that running game when he needs to moving forward? Or did he just learn a lesson just in time with B. John Robinson? I think he learned a lesson just in time. Oh. Uh, you know, it, it, life is all about lessons. And it doesn't matter how smart you are. Even the, even the best coach in the game, Nick Saban, he, he can be adaptable and he can learn and he can figure stuff out. I, I'm not going to knock Stark at all. But, yeah, I think he figured out that was probably the best recipe for this season because we saw the arm talent. We saw early on what Quinn Ewers can be. And then I think a few, I think the league kind of caught up with him and started noticing tendencies, started noticing ways to defend him, especially in the second half. I think TCU had him really, really in sync. And so I, I think Sark will look back and go, man, we probably could have leaned on our, our, our veterans a little bit more than trying to go vertical as much as we did. But I do think that's a lesson this year <laughs> because next year there's no number five and there's no number two to hand it off to when you need to close the game. He's going to have a – I think the offense is actually going to be better. It's going to be more well-rounded, and, and it's going to be more suited to what Sark and these guys want to do from a vertical standpoint. 
But I, I, I think at the end of the game, he probably he probably looked around the offensive room and thought, you know, we probably could have handed off to these guys a few more times and may have scooped out a few more wins. Yeah, no doubt. Justin Hudson Card entered the transfer portal, which isn't surprising at all. And, you know, the Lake Travis kid wanted to come to Texas his whole life and got that dream. And I know in his eyes, he probably doesn't think he got the most out of his tenure at Texas. But I thought he was terrific in the West Virginia game. And I thought he might have, should have had the opportunity to play in other games this year. Steve Sarkeesian would have made the move. How would you look at Hudson Card's tenure here? And where do you think he could go? and have success first of all Hudson Card is the quintessential team team player you know a lot of people they notice how big Rashawn Johnson is in the selflessness department I mean that guy if you look it up in the dictionary you're probably going to find his mug there Hudson Card was as selfless this is a guy that had multiple opportunities over the last two years to leave to, to skip that adversity stage which a lot of kids hitting the portal like to do Card didn't do that. This is a kid that was born and raised a Longhorn. He loved playing at Texas, and he wanted to use the most of that opportunity. Texas fans need to be very grateful for that kid because he not only was one of the best backups in the country this year, he definitely came in and filled in for Quinn when he was down, and I I think Texas did just fine, if not better in some aspects. You know, Card's just such a good person. If you ever talk to him, you know – in this day and age, guys, the quarterback position is so polarizing in every level, from high school, college, the NFL. And so many of those kids wind up going other places because they want the opportunity to start. They want the opportunity to, to get a chance. Most of them don't fight through the adversity, or they don't want to, to stick around to, to see if they've got the medal to do it. I think Carr did that. And that was a big thing, I, I think, for this, especially in the quarterback room. I think Hudson helped Quinn Ewers so much this year because that's kind of how Hudson is. He's a very team-first guy. And so, you know, the thing you got to remember about Card, if you're a Texas fan, you know, wish him the best. If you see him around town, shake his hand, tell him thank you. That's such a good kid, such a good dude that, that really represented the program in such a good way. His parents are just outstanding and done a fanatical job there. You do not want him in the Big 12, folks. You don't <laughs> want this joker showing up in Stillwater. You don't want him showing up at TCU. You prefer that he, he hits a school like a Notre Dame or a Penn State somewhere further away because you don't want to add any motivation to that kid. Uh, he's going to have a good year next year, maybe even two, uh, it, you know, depending on how it goes. And so, you know, w- with all these kids at least, they all have their reasons, guys, all of them. And, and that's why we saw an influx of them yesterday announcing that they're, they're going to go on and try to do something different. And, and you got to give those kids credit and tip the cap. But Hudson Card is special. Because there were multiple opportunities that kid could have left and gone somewhere else to start at quarterback, but he stuck it out. He made it. He made that that commitment to the to, to the program when he signed, and he stuck through it. And and I think you got to give that kid a ton of credit. You know, Hudson Card's going to be a guy. We don't. You know, you don't. We, we won't. You don't really miss him right now. Wait till next year. Wait till something happens and you need a veteran guy to step in if something happens. And, and, and you're looking at a roster of guys that have no starts in college football and no playing time. Then I think people will start to realize how valuable Hudson Card really is. 
That's a good point. Justin, in terms of outside of card, the other guys that announced that they will be headed into the portal once that can be done on Monday. For you, there's always some of those guys I know where you're thinking, man, I really wish that could have worked out. Things just didn't quite happen. Is there a guy that really stands out for you from yesterday's group? I mean, is it O'Meary or is it somebody else? Uh, the only one that was a surprise, actually, we had stuff ready for all of them. The only one that was a surprise was Jameer Johnson. Okay. Um, I, I really felt like Jameer had, had found a niche in the secondary last year. I felt like Jameer had, had, um, kind of, kind of, he was a guy that when Deshaun Jameson and Watts went down for various reasons during the fall, this was a guy that stepped in and played, played well. Uh, you know, Jameer was a guy that I, I think has some upside and some potential. Ultimately, I feel like Terrence Brooks, Probably his his extension over the last month probably was the the nail in the coffin there for Jameer. I feel I've heard that he's going to probably go back out west. Uh, I've heard of UCLA. I've heard Arizona, a couple other schools, and and so I think Jameer will be one that doesn't have a hard time finding another spot. I think he does have some upside. Uh, I, I thought he did well last year, and out of all the kids, I mean, you can make a case that each one of them went for the right reason. Well, Jameer would be the one that was a little bit of a surprise, and I only think it's because Warren Terrence Brooks really pushed his way into the starting lineup, asserted himself this year, and, and, and Texas fans need to be prepared. Terrence Brooks is going to be a star. This kid is a fanatical uh, cornerback, and he, he's only going to get better, and he's still young. And so I, I think that's the positive there. The negative is you lose a good guy in depth. I think Jameer would have been a great guy with, with in the rotation last uh, next, next season, and so now – you look for some of those younger guys that they've recruited. You look at a guy like a Malik Muhammad, who, who who's going to enroll early in January and who wants to play early and who will likely play early. And so now it's next man up. Whereas in the past, you, you lose a guy and, it, and you kind of get a little, you know, get a little down. Well, he's moving on, so it's the next man up. And that's the thing you have to understand about Sark in this stat. Any guys that you've seen leave for the portal or you do see leave over the next few days, next week or so, understand this staff has known that that was possibly going to happen for months. They've had contingency plans in place, and you'll see it when you see more and more offers. Once those FBS kids officially hit the portal, you'll see more and more offers over the next few weeks, and you'll see that, yeah, some of these losses, you don't want to lose too many guys, but this is Sark in his NFL ways of, of churning the bottom of the roster, you know, continuing to, to process guys and get the best culture fits and mentally vows and, and talented dudes all on the same roster. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Jay Wells, who have you seen that's entered the transfer portal already or has said it via social media that you think the Horns should go after and will go after? Oh, that's a good question. Give me Grant DeBose, wide receiver out of UNC Charlotte. Uh, You know, the 89ers, man, this kid, 6'2", about 200 pounds. Over the last couple of years, he's had about 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. He's been their big play guy. I think that's a guy Texas should look at. You know, I, I still think they're going to sign and they're going to get another commitment, a wide receiver commitment in this class. You know, if it's either you know flipping DeAndre Moore, flipping a Kyle Parker, potentially flipping a Jaden Greathouse. I feel like they're going to add one more, but I also feel like they're going to add one from the portal, if not two. Uh, you know, and, and in that case, Grant DeBose is a guy that you got to pay attention to. I, I think that's what you're going to see with some of these other these smaller schools. Some of these guys. Are, are really talented, like a Dre McCray, who, who, who went in there today. You know, the receiver out of Austin P, big time speedster. You know, he's a, he's a legit four three four four guy, five nine, about one eighty, and he did a lot of good stuff for Scotty Scotty Walden at Austin P this year. And so, 
just off the top of my head, I think those two are, are guys you, you, you want to pay attention to, especially at the receiver spot. Justin Wells, the Horns basketball team has Creighton coming into town. They're ranked number two right now. That's high. You know Coach Beard. He doesn't look at those rankings, but are you looking forward to, or what are you looking forward to in this number two Texas basketball team when they face the Blue Jays tomorrow night at six at the Mood? Am I crazy, Isaiah? I'm waiting for them to not look so good. (laughs) <laughs> I felt like they just keep playing so well. And I know how basketball is. It, 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 it's a game of runs, and, and, and you're going to have good and bad. And right now, you know, I've seen this before. You've seen this before. Good starts by the Texas basketball program. And you think, okay, this could be a year where they make a run. And, and every once in a while they do, but more than often they hit a wall in January and February once Big 12 play starts. And, and then it's a mixed bag going into the, the conference tournament and NCAA tournament. This is the first year where you really have to sit back and go, okay, these guys are really good. Tyrese Hunter is a difference maker, okay? That's a guy this program hasn't had in years. Don't come at me with point guards and two guards. No, I don't want to hear it. It's been a while, okay? I'll say Corey Joseph. It's been a while, Mm. okay? Tyrese Hunter is that dude. He brings that. Jabari Rice brings this this maturity, this, this fundamental uh, state to him that, that's big. And you're still not, you know, getting the most out of your bigs yet. Wait till DeSue is fully coming on. Wait till Kenny Allen's mid-range starts to drop. Dylan Mitchell is going to jump out of a gym at some point. I don't know which one, but he's going to hit his head in some arena. It's <laughs> going to happen. And so this bunch is just fun right now, and I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the, the, I guess, the shoot to fall. I'm almost, I'm almost you know, putting myself up because knowing, you know, are they that good? Well, guess what? Creighton's going to tell you that. I think they, they, they really caught the mood of the Moody Center with Gonzaga. I think it was, like, it was almost like a, a perfect storm of everything that went together. It'll, I think Creighton's going to be as, as equal as a test. I think that's going to be a, a good determiner of, of just where they're at right now. This team may be better going into Big 12 play. We know the conference is going to be absolute hell to, 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 to fight through. So you want to get to that point and, and, and get some of those good wins. That way when the, uh, when the committee starts to seed guys here in the future, you're looking at a potential one, two, three, four seed in, in the tournament, which is, is always beneficial. Um, I, I, maybe I'm crazy, Zay, but I, I feel like this team has played so well, I'm kind of waiting to see what the downside is. I'm waiting to see what the negative is. And I think Creighton is another good early test for a bunch that could be pretty damn good this year. Yo, Jay Wells, you ain't crazy, man, because I'm right there with you. <laughs> hey, hey, Final Four's in Houston. Where are we staying at? Oh, there what we go. What hotel we staying at? Is. That's where I'm at. There you know what is. I'm saying? Because you come I'll from East Texas. Right where are we staying? <laughs> are staying. I got some boys in the woodlands, and in spring, we got a spot to stay. The Final Four's in Houston. My man, we've got a spot. There it is. There it is. Uh, real quick, real quick, Justin Wells, as Cowboys fans, are we being too greedy if we ask for Colts, Texans, and the Jaguars leading into the Eagles game? Uh, I don't think you're being greedy, but you need to be realistic. It's the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and teams are, are teams are week to week, things change. Jacksonville is playing some good football, guys. They are. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is kind of figuring it out. 
the Colts are, are, are a well-coached group. They just they don't have a lot of talent. And, 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 and you know, Matt Ryan's on his last leg, and, and I'd like to see more of Sam. It, it, the Texans, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's just a dumpster fire and a half. They are a little bit better than last year. For me, get through those three weeks healthy. Don't, don't overdo it. Get through those three weeks. Get, get your guys back. I, I want to say Tyron Smith should be lining up to, to, to get ready in the next, I don't know, next, mm. next few weeks or a month. I know that he's been coming on. Figure out where you're at. Figure out what you're good at. Keep your guys healthy. And, and don't assume all these games are going to be wins. It's the NFL, man. Everybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday. I'll say this, though. I, I'm going to be not greedy on Thanksgiving going into the Christmas holidays. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is an addition to this team. Okay. I really don't. Okay. I think he could help them in the playoffs, possibly. It's everything else leading up to that. And we know how the media can be in Dallas. We know how Cowboys fans can be. It is over the top all the time. I'm not sure that's the best route. I actually think that they've got the, the, the guys, the bullets in their holster to make a run. But, man, it's going to come down to Philadelphia in this division. And, and I wouldn't assume these three weeks are going to be three wins because it's the league and, and, and things of that sort. But I just want to be healthy going into Philly. That is fair. Justin Wells, Inside Texas, on 3.com, at Justin Wells, 2424. Justin, enjoy the week, and uh, we'll hit you up next week, man. Nothing but love, guys. Good stuff there. Longhorn talk, Cowboys talk. Yeah, where Hudson Card ends up is going to be interesting. We had people texting in during the conversation. He's going to be a pony, boys. They all end up at SMU. They all do. They don't always end up there, but there's been some thought that maybe SMU is the place. Would you agree, though, Isaiah, you do not want to see him in conference or or on that schedule anywhere? Hell no. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to figure out what would be the right fit for for Hudson. I wonder somebody, what he's think. I wonder what he's thinking. I wonder what his sort of I, second dream would be. I saw somebody on social media say Cincinnati, which would be awful hmm. because they're coming to the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's and right. That, they would make the matchup somehow. They would play Texas, and oh. somehow it would be in that weird part of Ohio, and we would have to go up there. That'd be a brutal. Brutal matchup. Hudson card lit us up. Yeah, you're right. That would get scheduled immediately. Texas at Cincinnati as soon as he transferred. All right, remember, Transfer Portal stuff is official on Monday is when the portal officially opens up, and that can happen. And remember, once they're in the portal, the coaches can always talk them back. They can talk themselves back. Uh, It is the free agency time in college football. They get to then talk to other schools, talk to other players, not that they haven't been doing that, and say, hey, no, 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 RNIL is this. Well, RNIL is this, and ultimately, Ultimately, they might decide to head on back to the original school. So all of that is possible. Thanks to Justin for his time. Up next, uh, you got a World Cup report coming up with our man Glenn Davis. We've got a Flex 30 as well. State quarterfinals are scheduled. We'll give you some of the area teams that are playing, including, you know, we're excited about that Vandergriff Dripping Springs matchup. Got a couple defensive players for you to think about in that ball game. Plus, we'll get you an update on the all-Flex team. It is right around the corner. This is the Horn.
That is a smooth voice. There is only one guess I have when it sounds like that. Smokey Robinson. That's right. Yeah. If somebody else can sing like that, then I'll be wrong. Smokey. What year are we here? Uh, this is 80s Smokey. Yeah. Yeah, a little older. Yeah, being with you. Yeah. He's got the magic eyes, Smokey Robinson. Oh, yeah. He's got the magic voice. He's got those magic eyes. He's just, he's got everything. Yeah, it's tough to compete with if you're a light-skinned brother with green eyes. You walk into a room, the ladies are definitely checking you out. And And probably some men that didn't think they went that way. And then you sing like that. (laughs) Right? Yeah. There's something so specific about Smokey Robinson. There's just not a whole lot of folks that would fit the exact description all the way across. Smokey Robinson, always a great way to... uh, Add that to any day. I don't care what the weather's like. We got a nice, sunny, cool day here in the area as we end uh, round out November. Hard to believe December 1st is coming tomorrow. Smokey Robinson, Steely Dan, and Queen have all been a part of the show today. Uh, we got you your World Cup report there with Glenn Davis. U.S. team wins. They'll play Saturday morning at 9 against the Netherlands after that victory. And we got those World Cup reports throughout the shows the next couple weeks for you. Brought to you by Daspit Law Austin. Also, be sure to catch your Longhorn football talk on a deeper, deeper level with the Longhorn Blitz podcast. It's 7 o'clock tonight. Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge. And then if you uh, just can't get enough Rod Babers, that's why you listen to the Longhorn Blitz podcast. It's Rod. It's Jeff Howe from Light the Tower and Horns247.com. And it is Matt Butler who loves to dig into those Texas numbers as well. 7 o'clock tonight for Longhorn Blitz, 8 o'clock for Fight Night, and 9 o'clock for Sports Guys talking wrestling um all right also coming up speaking of the horns 24 7 crew chip brown of horns 247.com coming up at 205 he tweeted out something about b john robinson's combined stats that uh that i'll mention during that interview i thought were impressive to mention uh even with longhorn fans still saying you didn't use him enough why didn't you hand him the ball why didn't you do this why didn't you do that his numbers overall say in the country still pretty damn impressive yeah, it's absolutely. Cr- it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The only reason why I say you don't, you didn't get enough out of him when I see Doak Walker Award finalist Chase Brown have 328 carries this season and B. John Robinson only had 258. That's when I'm like, okay, that guy's getting more touches. Now, he was the only offense that they really had up there in Illinois. But still, uh-huh. that guy only rushed for – well, I'm only <laughs> – 1,643 yards, while Bijan rushed for 1,580 yards. So give Bijan Chase Brown's carries with his 6.1 yard per uh, uh, carry, while Chase Brown had the five, just five yards per carry total, Mm -hmm. and see what what he does with that. And put them in those games that you lost and see where the team goes with that whether they're stuffing the run or not which that's what Steve Sarkeesian said they were doing you know in the TCU game which is why they went away from it well you fire back at it and keep on because he's gonna break one of those tackles and if you're stuffing the run that much and he breaks one off of a guy blitzing in he's off to the house yeah no doubt that's true So that, that's that's my only take from it when I see that Illinois brother getting that many carries and Bijan had about 70 something less carries in them that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And I'm definitely in that group that thinks he needed to get even more, but he still did put up some really nice numbers. We'll talk to Chip about that coming up. Right now, let's get you a Flex 30 segment. We're ready for the state quarterfinals. You know the big matchup we've been talking about. Plus, we'll get you the latest on that all-Flex team. Here we go. 
Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Best of luck to those area teams that are trying to advance to the final four in their specific divisions. Thursday night, Lano's going to try to do it. They're taking on Edna. That is at Rattler Stadium in San Marcos. Remember, you go to flxatx.com, go to the schedules section, and they've got all this laid out for you if you're heading out to those games. Friday, uh, I think Zay and I are both going to end up at Dripping Springs and oh, yeah. Vandegrift. Just too good of a matchup out at Gupton Stadium. That is a 7 o'clock kick. Remember, flex pregame for you right here on the horn at 6.30, kickoff at 7. Also, best of luck to Liberty Hill. They play at 7 in San Antonio uh, to try to advance. Uh, The Granger-Burton game's over in Bastrop. The Wimberley game with Lago Vista. Lago Vista trying to advance. They're over in Hutto in Hippo Land. That's that's Friday, too? That's Friday as well at 7.30. I wanted to see that one. And then Westlake takes on San Antonio Brennan at uh, 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon at the Alamo Dome. Yo, people in San Antonio, they are really highly of this Brennan team. They clearly think that they're the best team in San Antonio, and I think Westlake, even though the Shaps most likely going to win, I think they're going to win. This is going to be one of their tests this year. I think For so, sure. too. Yeah, I think so, too. I, think I don't think it's going to be one of those where they just step on it. No. Them. Feels like Brennan's a really good team. They definitely looked impressive against Lake Travis. Uh, weather was a little bit to do with it, but that's a good team as well. Uh, a couple of defensive guys in this Vandegrift Dripping Springs game. Zay, we've watched them all throughout the season. You cannot watch Vandegrift play football and not know Alex Foster's name or number. He wears number eight on defense. You'll see him make tackle after tackle. Last week, 16 total. Four solos, and he forced a fumble. That kid is in on everything. I just want to see, can he be a part of getting the rhythm messed with? Dripping Springs, it's all about Novosad and those receivers and their rhythm. Can Foster be a part of messing with the rhythm? Well, you know Vandergriff, they're not going to go down without a fight. They were down in the first half last week and turned it up and just put up crazy amount of points. So, yeah, they got one of the best defenses in the state. And we'll keep on saying that week one team that Dripping Springs saw yeah. ain't that same team. Nope. Same for Dripping Springs. That week one team that Vandergriff saw ain't that same team. Both teams have gotten much better, and yeah, this is what it's all about. So I'm very excited to see what goes down at Gupton. I don't have a pick on this game. I mean, you would like to say Dripping Springs has the better quarterback, but my man, that Vandergriff, he's been playing terrific this year. He's been completely controlling the offense, and he's tough as nails. Yeah, if people haven't seen Braden Buchanan play, you'll really enjoy that part, too. You could tell Buchanan was tired of hearing Novosad's name that night, and I know he's tired of hearing about it now. He had a sequence to tie that game. He made three of the prettiest throws I have ever seen. Three different kinds of throws. He got a touchdown. They got a two-point conversion. He'll run the ball if he needs to, and a great leader, man. Braden Buchanan, both those guys, handling a huddle, leading a team. Braden Buchanan's a lot of fun to watch. I saw Buchanan. They played against Cedar Ridge this year, and I was down on the field, and Buchanan, he they were at the 20 or so, and he had a run. He got stuffed at the 5, 
and somehow finessed his way to the end zone. Yeah. I want to say finesse, like it was physical. I saw his head. I saw that video because one of the flex guys got it. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. They kind of he had his linemen kind of help him, but it just showed it's the physicality because when you see him, you're like, oh, this guy, he ain't trying to lower his head or you know take that uh, type of head or type of physicality. But <laughs> damn that, he's all about that and then some, man. It kind of shows what that whole team is about as yeah. a whole. It's gonna be a physical game, just like it was in Week One. The other thing is when, as long as we're talking Buchanan, when he hits the line of scrimmage, there's going to be, to me, one guy from that Dripping Springs defense. He needs to find him, and it's number 11, yep. Thompson Vickery. We've been talking about him all season. 6'5", 215 is how they list him on max preps. They call him an outside linebacker D-end. He does that plus everything else. He's all over the field. He's got, let me see if I get if the stats are right here, 26 assisted, but 19 solos on the year, 45 total tackles. He feels like he's in on every big-time play. By the way, a junior Dripping Springs fans. He's coming back for another year. Uh, but Vickery's been impressive to me every time I see Drip, and I got a feeling like Buchanan's got to know where he is Zay, on every play, because that dude can do a lot of things. Yeah, he's so tall. He bats balls down. He gets interceptions because you think that you know you get it over him. You can't. He's 6'5", and then he'll just step in the passing lanes, and he's not afraid to make tackles. Like you said, they put him everywhere on the field. So, yeah, if you're Buchanan, you got to have a head on the swivel, which I know they'll be prepared for him. And yeah, I can't wait till Friday. It's going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be fun. This is the only, it's, it's just a perfect matchup. They are the only two opponents that have held the other one, other than Westlake, holding Drip down to what, 10 points. These are the only two teams that have figured out the other uh, to hold them down. It was a 23 20 game. And by the way, Dripping Springs hit a last second kick. Uh, these Both these teams have big kickers if they need it. Both these teams have offense, defense, the quarterbacks, the receivers. There's just a lot going on. We've been talking about some of the matchups this week. And remember, right here on the Horn, Friday at 7, it's Vandegrift and Dripping Springs. Either the Vipers or the Tigers are going to go to the final four. Also, speaking of final, that final All-Flex team is around the corner. Uh, the finalists for the All-Flex team will be announced on December 6th, so next Tuesday we will announce the finalists at all positions. It has been expanded out to all positions, including the specialists, and then on December 13th, Tuesday, December 13th, we'll be announcing the first All-Flex team all throughout the day. 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and five specialists. So, if you are like the parent or coach of the most badass deep snapper in this area that we need to know about, let us know. Let us know. Got to be clean snaps, man. You That's got to be, be clean. Throwing that thing over folks' heads and stuff. Nate Boyer-esque is what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what it needs to be. <laughs> FLXATX.com, and you can check out FlexATX on your social media. They'll follow everything for you coming up Friday, uh, you know, really Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but Friday right here on the Horn as we're following that Vandegrift drip game and all the others as well. Best of luck to all the area teams, and we do the Flex segment every day at 1.30. Coming up, it's Where We At in Society with Zay, and then at 2.05, more Longhorn Talk with Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Don't move. It's the Horn. Teach the kids, Bruce. Come on. 
This is how metalheads get their history. From Iron Maiden. <laughs> Run to the hills. It's a good one. It's the one my dad always waits for at the concert. He loves yeah. Run to the Hills. Oh, flips him out every time he hears it live. It's a great song. This would be the first time I ever saw Iron Maiden, the video for Run to the Hills. So if you see Iron Maiden, they have to perform this. Yes. Okay. Now that's a definite. All right. You're not. Something really weird happened. Like somebody passed out on stage or there was a riot and they had to stop the show if they don't do Run to the Hills. Uh, Run to the Hills is I'm trying to remember the album on Run to the Hills. Is it? Wow, it's no Run to the Hills is uh, Number of the Beast. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number of the Beast. I mean, what a, that's what's showing up on what YouTube good, here. Yeah. What a great record that is. Number of the Beast. That one. Twenty two Acacia Avenue. Oh. Yeah, creepy old skeleton lady sprinkling. Yes. Whatever type of oh, it's so good. angel dust, thunder on the devil. Heck creative. yeah. Got to get some creepiness. Got to get some creepiness. You got to get the kids interested. You got to scare the parents. They did both <laughs> of those things. Iron Maiden, Smokey Robinson, Steely Dan, and Queen. Now that's who should have played Live Aid one day. That would have gotten a lot of money raised. All right. Uh, more music coming from Zay. Also, more thoughts from Zay. We do it every day about this time, 1.45 or so. It is Where Are We At in Society. Here we go. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, I have not looked at my Twitter in the last couple minutes. Do I have something I need to look at today? Yeah, you need to look at it. We talked about this off air, but I don't think we talked about this on air. This happened a couple of weeks ago, and now a person who's involved is responding this week. So a couple of weeks ago in that Mexico game with the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers, a little scuffle happened that we didn't see. A lot of chirping going on Hmm. with Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins and 49ers secondary player Charvarius Ward. Well, Charvarius Ward is really petty and the 49ers, they blasted the Cardinals that game, and he went on to just completely obliterate and disrespect DeAndre Hopkins, who has been a solid wide receiver in the NFL for a number of years. Yeah, that's, I'd say, at least that. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. And it was complete disrespect. He said something along the lines of, he was getting locked up, he was doing some dirty things. He tried to clip me. He grabbed me by the throat. He grabbed my face mask on one play. So I don't respect his game. That's steroid boy. Oh, no, not steroid boy. Yeah. See, when you first said that to me, I thought, oh, my God, this is one of the craziest <laughs> things I've ever heard anyone say about a great player in the league. How dare he? And then I realized, oh, wait, D-Hop actually sat out for a violation of the PED policy. That's right. So I was like, okay. He's got something there. All right. That's a, that's a little different than saying that about someone who never, yeah, who was never involved. Okay. Yeah, if somebody was saying this about Jerry Rice doing their playing days, he'd be considered an idiot. My man here, he has a point. So D-Hop was asked about it this past week, and he was humble a little bit. He was kind of like, yeah, it's unfortunate. Guys do a lot of chirping and stuff. I don't really get into all that social media talk because, you know, if you've been in the league as long as me, you know that sometimes guys will be your teammates later on. You never know who's going to be your teammate. So I try to stay out of those crazy things. But, you know, my boys Le'Veon Bell, he said, and I appreciate what he's doing by getting in the ring 
sometimes guys, I would like to see guys get in the ring sometimes and box it out in real life instead of doing all this talking ah, okay. off the field. Okay. So he, he threw that in there by saying, I heard you, dog, and these guys play end of the year, last game of the season, January 8th. Beautiful. So chalk that down, That's folks. Circle it. <laughs> circle it on the calendar. And that- I love this. This is what makes the NFL great. Like, I need yep. more ignorance. Because like, it's not – it's not a nice game. You should have this type of pettiness, especially those battles with cornerbacks and secondary players and wide receivers. You just went it's, to, yep, yeah. It's personal. It. See, that's the key. The key is not like I'm not saying left guards and D tackles can't hate each other. Yeah. They can mouth off, but I think we all realize that the showcase of the all the showcase of all showcases is that. It's when a badass receiver and a badass corner can't stand one another. Remember when Andre Johnson started punching on uh, what was that kid's name from Light Skin Brother Cortland Finnegan? Thank you, Cortland Finnegan. <laughs> when those two dudes started swinging hands, I thought two things: one, this is awesome, and two, please nobody stop this. Please let this continue. Yo, they Andre Johnson, who's pretty well mannered and a quiet guy. They brought the University of Miami out of him that day. That was so good. Cortland Finnegan got all of those hands. What was Griff on that team? Uh, he probably was. He probably was. Yeah, I think Mike he was. Griffin, yeah. He got the best seat for that. <laughs> yeah, just turned his head and got to check that one out. Yeah, that is uh, that is one of my favorite things too. I love that in the league. I love. I mean, I love it in the NBA when guys are going at each other. And I feel like we have we have talked ourselves into believing that these situations are way more dangerous than they actually are. I think it's a part of the game. I think it's a it is them getting it's them getting rid of a lot of that steam. It's get it's them getting rid of a lot of that energy sometimes. I'm not saying it can't be dangerous. I'm not saying just let them beat each other to death. That's not what I'm saying. But occasionally, I think little things like that can happen. You can give them a little fellas fellas and we can move on. Yeah, especially in division matchups like this. If I'm seeing a guy twice a year on either side, if I'm a corner or if I'm a wide receiver, I don't like him. Even if he makes my job a lot harder, like it's the National Football League, the league, I my career could be over at any minute. I could lose my spot at any moment, and if you're helping with helping me lose my spot by giving me that work, somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, who has given a lot of quarterbacks worked over these last few years and this whole tenure in the NFL. That's personal to me, and you ain't going to do that to me, especially if you're doing all that dirty stuff that Ward said that he was doing. Yeah, and I understand once you get that positive test, people might put him in a certain category, but DeAndre Hopkins has been one of the best receivers in this league for a while. So on some level, West might want to watch his mouth because it is DeAndre Hopkins, but I get what he's saying because, again, the, the guy did get caught. The other message that's being sent there to me is all the bad quarterbacks Hopkins has, been, has dealt with over his career – and I would specifically go to Kyler Murray and say, dude, that's on you too. That's him making a comment about you guys. This should be one of the best receivers in the league that you're making into an official, no doubt, Hall of Famer. And this dude is kind of clowning y'all. Yeah. So you need to react. Yeah, that's you, a problem. You guys need to light him up in the last game of the year. Well, it's interesting. I was watching Hard Knocks with the Cardinals, and he was talking to his wide receiver coach, Van Jefferson. And you know, he was like, you think I still got a chance to get in to the Hall of Fame? And, you know, Jefferson, he's not going to say no. But I don't know, D-Hop. I don't know. I don't know how, you know, they're going to really look at this and say it was a serious issue. See, they're not going to look at that like baseball people, though. Right. So that's why, he, to me, he's in-in. That's a no-doubt, no-brainer to me. But I don't know. But who's gotten in that's had that type of issue where it's not so serious, not suspended for very long? 
Someone on Specs text line will probably let us know. Yeah, like, I, I mean, like football-wise, I can't think. The only Because guy- him and Patrick Peterson have both been hit for those types of issues, PEDs, yeah. performance-enhancing drugs, and both of those guys have had Hall of Fame careers. Like Patrick Peterson, I want to say he was a pro bowler the first eight years in the league that he was uh, playing for the Cardinals. Like the first two that pop into my head are that linebacker Sean Merriman and uh, what's his name that's on TV now uh, for there was a Patriot. That, Willis McGay? No, that couldn't get the helmet off of Teddy Bruschi? The, uh, the defensive back. Couldn't get the ball off of what's-his-name's helmet. Um, Damn, how many Patriots guys are you know, David, behind the camera now? David Tyree's about to make the catch, and he's got his Rodney hand. Harrison. Thank you, Rodney Harrison. So I believe all of those guys have had got hit with like a four-game for the drug policy. So I feel are, like Rodney Harrison's in Canton. Like, are any of those? If any of those guys are, I think Rodney is. I don't know about Marion. I don't think Merriman's in, but yeah, I don't know that that would keep you out uh, these days. That's an interesting story, though. Something to keep in mind as the Cardinals and uh, Niners will play later in the year. By the way, Niners Dolphins, huge game this week. A three oh five kick on Sunday. That is in San Francisco. Eight and three Miami at seven and four San Francisco. It really feels like the Niners are figuring things out. It feels like that train is going, and I don't know who's going to stop it in the NFC. They really feel like they figured some things out. Yeah, their offense wasn't really clicking this past weekend against the Saints. Only put thirteen points up, but. Hey, holding anybody to zero, I don't care who you're playing, that defense that they have yeah. with Bosa and those secondary guys, I just mentioned Ward and where we had side today, uh, they, they got some dudes on that side, and they could be very scary moving forward. I haven't finished the whole episode yet, but at the beginning of the last episode of Hard Knocks with the Cardinals, they're going over film and talking about each individual guy on the Niners that is troublesome. Oh, it took forever. Yeah. Like, they just like, and there's this guy, and there's 97, and then it's like, oh yeah, Kittles, oh yeah, Bosa, oh Oh, yeah, and they started with Debo and CMC. It's just, man, there's so much talent there. Uh, a lot of good NFL talk coming this week with a huge weekend. Uh, 2 o'clock hour coming, and that's Chip Brown of Horns247.com. We'll get his thoughts on the Longhorns that say they're going into the transfer portal. We'll get his reaction and his thoughts on Bijan Robinson, just how good has he been, and does he need to get the Doak Walker. He'll tell us on the Horn.